Hi friends, I'm so glad you're joining me today. I just wanted to share my gratitude for your support of my show. I'm shocked and amazed at the number of downloads and those of you who are liking and subscribing and driving the show up to the top so other people can find it. I'm just so grateful. We're going to create sexual health together, guys. And I also wanted to share with you a little bonus for all of you. So I've joined up with Lilo. They are my favorite sexual tool or sexual toy company. Lilo is a really high quality. The motors are not going to die out over time, which most do. The material is really soft in your hand and on your skin, and they come packaged really discreetly to your home. I feel like I'm opening up a piece of jewelry, not something tacky. It just really fits my personality. I totally endorse Lilo. They're the brand and the product that I've got in my nightstand. Um, and I just wanted to let you know that they're going to offer a 20% off code for my listeners. It's so great. So if you want to try a Lilo toy or product, which is L-E-L-O dot com, you can use my promo code CAMI20, C-A-M-I-20, CAMI20 is the promo code, and they're going to give my listeners 20% off any full-priced items. I'm just so grateful. That's so generous of them. It's so great. You're going to be supporting me and helping the show survive and thrive, and I just want to pass that off to you guys. I want to share with you another one of my favorite products. Coconut, which is C-O-C-O-N-U lube, is one of my new favorite products. It's what I've got in my nightstand. It's organic. It's made the right way, helps us sustain the planet, and it is an excellent product. It beats the other water-based and oil-based lubes that I'm familiar with in a lot of categories. Their product line is very simple. They've got an oil-based lube, which is amazing. They've got a water-based lube, which is long-lasting. That's important. And they have a CBD body massage oil, which I just can't get enough of. So I wanted to share with you guys. I've teamed up with them. And any of my listeners who choose to purchase Coconut, which I think you should, give it a try, you can use the promo code SEXTHERAPY101. That's the name of my show, right? No spaces. SEXTHERAPY101. And they're going to give all my listeners 15% off of your order. So give it a try. I'd want to hear back from you, how it pairs up with what you've been using lately, and passing on some good news. Welcome, friends. This is another episode of Sex Therapy 101. I'm your host, Cami Hurst, and I'm so glad you've joined me again. Um, we're just really barreling through season two. This is so exciting to have so much consistency and such great response from you, our listeners. I'm just bald over, bold over. I'm just run over. I don't know. I'm overwhelmed <laughs> when I when I see how many people are tuning in to this little show that's a fun little hobby for me. So thank you for your support and for subscribing and for sharing. It's just um, one little passion project that makes my heart burst in a really cheesy way. So 
But tonight we've got with us Alicia Worthington. Alicia has been in the sex education world for longer than I have. I consider her an expert and so honored to um, almost be having a conversation like like a mentor, like she's mentoring me tonight. Oh. So, <laughs> so I'm honored. <laughs> um, how about you tell a little bit for our listeners about yourself? Okay. I am Alicia Worthington, and I am a therapist and sex educator at the Healing Group in Midvale, Utah. I have been practicing for about 10 years now and love it. And sex is my jam. Sexual health is my jam. Um, I also have seven kids and kind of get to see sexual development in action. All in that. action. So, uh-huh. Yeah. In real time. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, here is the question we're going to talk about. Let me read it for you from a, um, from a listener. They wrote in. Okay. I honestly thought I knew how sex worked. Movies and porn made it pretty simple. I'm now in a long-term relationship and I feel like an idiot. Things I thought women really liked don't seem to be working for my partner. I heard you talk on an earlier podcast about sexual communication skills and I was kind of perplexed. How do you talk about pleasure and do people really do that? It seems like it should just work. Am I misguided? A little bit. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What does, what, I don't know, Cammie, you didn't, did you get a, a universal download when you got into your long-term relationship? I, I, I oh missed gosh. it. No. I didn't get something that was like, ta-da, you now know, to ha- know how to have sex. No. Did you get that? No. And I mean, I think people think I do this work because it came really easy for me. And actually, mm-hmm. I'm a sex therapist because it was difficult. Like, I've, I've worked for all this mm. in, in my personal <laughs> life and in my education. So no, I got, I mean, I grew up in a sweet little conservative family in Idaho, USA. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing. I knew, like, yeah. I only knew really basic mechanics. Mm-hmm. But no skills. What I think most people know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you yeah. get it? Alicia? I often hear people know, like, they'll say, well, I, we know where to put it. We know where things fit. <laughs> like a puzzle, sure. It should just work, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the majority of education is coming from movies or sexual imagery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pornhub created a sex education part of their site because they realized how many people were coming to Pornhub to learn about sex. And I can tell you right now that porn is not the most realistic depiction of mm, long-term monogamous relational sex. Yeah. The depiction of sex Mm-hmm. But there's also, it's also very edited, very scripted, choreographed, lighted, and set. And so... And, an, um, and definitely an element of entertainment and fantasy that maybe aren't super realistic, that are more yeah. about entertainment yeah. than 
painting a picture of what you will likely experience. Absolutely. And I blame all of this on the invention of the hallway. The hallway? Because the hallway, yes, this is this little fun, I love little fun facts. Okay. And (laughs) before the hallway was invented, families lived together. You had the one-room cabin, you had the one-room teepee, you had the one-room, you were just together. I'm thinking like Little House on the Prairie, where mom and pa slept yeah. behind the fireplace and the girls slept <laughs> right. up on the loft. Right. So sex was happening. And was it maybe the most healthy? I don't know. But at the same time, there was definitely a more realistic picture. I think people understood more what sex was, what it wasn't. You had the invention of the hallway and suddenly you had privacy. And privacy like you had never had before. And sex became, right about that time was then this whole taboo. I mean, culture grew up around talking about sexuality. You had anti-masturbation campaigns. And so it really got shoved into the dark as far as sex education, anything like that. Like what would, what does realistic sex between two people, what is it like? And... Then I don't. Then movies were created, and you have Disney, and you have all these movies depicting romance. Or I was talking to my I was talking to my son, who just turned fifteen. This was about a year ago. We were talking about what real sex is, and he's like, "Well, but don't you just pass out afterwards?" <laughs> And like, I said, did, no. like go to he thought you like passed out? Like blacked yeah, out? He really, really <laughs> did because yes, because movies, right, you see the couple kind of engaging in what seems like sex, and then the very next scene, they're waking up the next day. Mm. On and someone has is asleep on their chest. Right? Mm. And he just really thought that you just sort of passed out because that's how it's depicted. And it doesn't, uh, yeah, it doesn't show him nope. cleaning up. It doesn't show any right. of like, the reality. Right, right. Um, yeah, I'm going to go take a shower and now I'm brush my teeth and I'm going to put my hair up and put my mask on my face and now I'm coming back to bed not looking like the sexual maven who was just here a second ago. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so we have, we don't have this, and because we're not balancing media, with actual credible information, then you do have a lot of couples going into their relationship either with no education or more often, I mean, it's more often than not, a lot of at least young men, but quite a few young women have seen some form of sexual imagery. And I hear a lot of men with that statement of like, I thought it was going to look like this. And I hear a lot of women who feel like they've got to put on a performance, kind of like what they saw. Like, oh, my body, I'm supposed to hold my body this way and I'm supposed to make this sound at this time. Yeah. And No one's really showing they, up authentically. They're trying to put on a show for what they think is pleasing for their partner. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. As opposed to knowing that there are body sounds and juices and 
and the lighting isn't always great and hair can get messed up and sometimes whatever position you're in you can look like you have triple chins mm-hmm. or we get older and more padded and yeah uh-huh. yep and so I like to take this conversation into the realm of food because it's just easy and it's really fun um and it's super relatable when I did that too, like take it into the food world because most of us have enough exposure in food for the analogy to work, even if we don't have enough experience in sexuality. Yeah, yeah, because you can talk about what you like and what you don't like as a couple pretty easily. You can go to the ice cream store and say, ooh, I like that flavor and that flavor. I've never tried that flavor. Maybe I'll try it this time. Or, and you can listen to your partner talk about what they like, and you're not getting freaked out, you're not feeling disgusted, well, maybe, because some of the flavors my husband's like, I'm like, oh, that's disgusting. (laughs) But it's not anything where he is then feeling shamed or feeling like he's got to change what he likes because I don't like it. And I think a lot of couples can do that. They can go to wherever and pick out what they like and talk about what they like and stay in a place of curiosity of like, do you like that flavor? Okay. All right. I'll taste it this one time. Let me see if I like it. Um, and if I don't it, like a certain flavor of ice cream, I'm like, oh, I didn't like it. We don't have to take it personal. Yeah. Right? It's just like, right, oh, I tried it. Right. I didn't like it. Yeah. Or I'm not showing up there and my partner is just looking at the menu going, she'll have this and this and this because this is what she is supposed to like. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I haven't heard that before. And it's totally true that we wouldn't put up in the ice cream store with our boyfriend or our partner or our spouse saying, she'll have this, this, and this. There's so many sexual sexual situations where I'm like, okay, tell me what happens. It's like, well, we do this, this, and this. And I'm like, and how do we how do we decide upon that? Well, that's just what mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> We're not <laughs> even. <laughs> you're, I've never right. heard the menu idea. I love that. That's really, really genius, Alicia. <laughs> it's 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 a lot. It's a lot of fun. I like to have couples practice this because it also helps them develop a little bit of a flirtatious language around it too. Because they can text each other about flavors of ice cream or restaurants they'd want to go to. And it can be all about a discussion about sex that their coworkers will never know. It's sort of like they get to walk around with a little secret, like we're talking about sex and nobody knows it. (laughs) But um, to be able to talk about what you like, what you don't like sexually or what you don't know. Like, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I want to try it yet. But I could talk about it. I could think about it with you, but I don't, I don't even know what that is, you know, or mm-hmm. I've heard this. I don't know what this is. Or do you like it? I think the problem is sex is an adult skill that we learn as adults. Uh, and we forget that it's a skill. It's not, there is nothing we as human beings learn that doesn't take time. I mean, even walking, even um, learning to eat, even, so this Mm -hmm. is a skill, but we're learning it with another person. And that's what makes it especially kind of dynamic and tough is 
we now have to learn this skill and then we have this other person with us who I think we want to impress and we want them to also enjoy it, but we're also not sure what to do. And feeling like we should be good at this right out of the gate. But there's that book, isn't it called 10,000 Hours, where they say it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert in something? Yeah, yeah it does. I think yeah. that means like maybe when you're 80, you become an expert in sex because that's a lot of hours of sex. It's a lot of hours. But I don't know. <laughs> a lot of hours. Yeah, and, and our listener so, says, like, do people really do this? And I'd say people with good sex lives do. I think the people who are yeah. talking the least are probably enjoying it the least. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. And people who are talking yes. more are creating something more enjoyable. And so our abashment mm-hmm. at even having the conversation contributes to its perpetuated stuntedness, <laughs> whether yeah. or not we're willing yeah. to enter that conversation. And so the idea that, oh, it just happens and then you pass out. I mean, we get so many ideas like that's so cute about your son. Don't you do this? We have so many <laughs> preconceived notions. And unless we have someone to talk about it or bounce it off with or get medically accurate information from, the less we're talking mm-hmm. about it, probably the less likely we are to enjoy it or build something yeah, together. Yeah, because our world so small. Mm-hmm. I think of it as some couples will say to me, well, that doesn't seem very romantic. Yeah. Talk about it like that. Yeah. And I like to say you can have the, you can get to the, romance is kind of the expert level. That's when it becomes an art form. That's when you can play with it. But that, when I was first married, I literally, my husband and I decided that I would be at home first. Just It just made more sense for us at the time. Mm-hmm. So I decided I would do the cooking. And I knew literally four recipes, four recipes that I made again and again and again to the point that there are some things my husband can never have. I can't. We've been married 25 years and he's still like, I can't have that again. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so... After a time, though, I started to learn how to read recipes and how to understand what spices are and how to combine flavors. And now I get to play with it. And it's it's fun. And I can engage. I just had to get over my a little bit of embarrassment of, oh, I should already know how to do this. Why don't I know how to do this? I had to just get over that and go, okay. What do I need to, what do I need to learn? I, why would I already have known how to do this? No one really taught me. So that's okay. And like that willingness to be a student and that humility to say, okay, I I might not know everything. Let's, let's learn. It takes some, some humility to be able to do that, to the willingness to Mm -hmm. become a student. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sex can be the same thing of, Let's, we need to talk and learn and ask questions and find out so that then we can start to play with it and combine things and, and understand different things about each other and, and know how to talk about it. I will say timing's important. Please don't have a debriefing critique session right after sex. That is not the great time. 
because people are feeling especially vulnerable, that's the time to just say high five, just do a high five, yay us. Yeah. We love each other. And then at a different point, go, hey, let's talk about, let's talk about the other night. Did this look for you? I wasn't sure. And um, so that's just a little bit of a side note. But yeah, definitely. I agree that those conversations ideally would happen before and not minutes before, but that we have these Mm -hmm. conversations um, in a time when our anxiety is lower and we're calmer and we're in more of that compassionate curiosity stage. And then you kind of implement it. It's kind of like, you know, in the game plan, like if you're going to be practicing Mm -hmm. some things you're going to want to have talked about the play before it's the championship game and you're like now what are we doing (laughs) totally totally. (laughs) like you're gonna have a little whiteboard and and a marker and (laughs) kind of explaining things before you're like thrown into it in the middle of yes that's kind of i kind of wish i could do away with honeymoons in general for that reason yeah. Unless people are engaging before they get married, then they're kind of developing as they go along. Um, but if there are couples who are waiting until they get married, it's such a huge leap to go from making out, kind of some touching, to just feel like they've just got to go right to sex. And it can be also, traumatic, capital T, for yes. people. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. And again, then we don't give people the language to talk about what just happened. Like, oh, that seemed like that was not great for you. And to not take it so personally or feel like they failed as opposed to, again, going back to the ice cream shop. Did you like that flavor? I just sort of ordered that flavor because I was told that that is what women like or that's, I was told that's what men like. I just ordered it and, and you just had it. And I didn't even ask you. Yeah. Did you like that? Mm-hmm. Or you didn't? Oh, and that doesn't have to mean anything about you as a person. It means they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. It means there are some other things that they would like to show you. Actually, I like this flavor, this flavor. I think I like this flavor. Or actually, I have no idea what flavors I like. I have never been to the ice cream shop before. I have no idea. Right. Let's so start out small. Let's, yeah, let's experiment together and... Mm-hmm. I love how mm-hmm. much pressure it takes out when you look at it through that lens of exploring with, with food and new flavors because very rarely do we take it personal and someone doesn't like the same kind of ice cream that we do. Yeah. And there have been yeah. times. That idea is funny. There have been mm-hmm. times I'm thinking when my husband wanted Chick-fil-A and I wanted Costa Vida mm-hmm. and guess what? We went and got Costa Vida for me, and then we drove through Chick Fil A for him, <laughs> and we were yes. we were okay. Totally. <laughs> we uh-huh. did not need yeah. to have the same thing in order to have a good date. Right, night. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> or you didn't feel like he was a disgusting pervert, no, or something was really wrong with him food wise because he didn't want what you wanted, or he wanted that, like. And the goal was not to persuade the other into our preference. It's like, okay. Right. 
We can totally both like two things right. tonight. Want two different things tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that food analogy can go all over the place. People can have a lot of fun. They can take it into spicy versus mild. They can mm-hmm. take it into different types of food. They can take it into a buffet <laughs> and realize that maybe the things on my buffet table are a little more exotic. And is there something on my buffet table that scares you? And if so, what what, what scares you about it? You know, or it looks weird. Like, I don't know. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to, ta- you don't have to try it. You know, it just happens to be on my buffet table. Um, another fun exercise to do is a, a will, won't, maybe yeah. exercise. Um, People should be able to find those. I mean, you can Google it, right? And find a bunch of lists yeah. mm-hmm. that you go through as partner. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I love your phrase you used a second ago, the compassionate curiosity. Because when we can sit in that place of, tell me about, tell me about you. Tell me about your sexual your sexuality, I don't really know about it. I, I'm assuming, I guess I've made assumptions, but I actually don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you like your body? Do you feel comfortable about your body? What do you know about my body? Do you, do you, do you know what you like? Are there things that you have heard? Like this really, just almost interviewing your partner. Right. And, and just listening from a place of learning and curiosity I love all those it's questions so you, you just posed. I mean, a listener could totally like pause and write down those four questions you just posed as a jumping off <laughs> point for having no idea how to start talking with their partner about this. Mm-hmm. You know, what's mm-hmm. okay. So I've learned I'm not the expert I thought I was. I'm going to have to humble myself and become a, become a student here. Here's some four really excellent questions Alicia just fed us of how we can start that conversation probably outside of the bedroom (laughs) and well before Mm -hmm. we're engaged. Yeah. Engaged meaning like sexual behavior, not engaged like to be married. Yeah. And I have had some couples. It can be helpful to role play a little bit because it does create some emotional distance. So I have had some couples pretend like, they're the interviewer and the interviewee, and you know they kind of get into it and have fun. Hello, Sarah, I'm John, and I'm your interviewer today, and I'm going to be asking you some sexually related questions. Is that okay with you? Sure, John. Okay. That's and a nice layer of that's like a nice layer of distance that we can like hide behind a character a little bit if we're uncomfortable about yeah. what we might learn. Or yeah, that's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It can just be a little helpful until again. To use kind of these structured formats or it just kind of creates a scaffolding until we have enough experience with each other to then make it our own. To then go, okay, yeah, this type of conversation works for us or this doesn't or here's how. It takes some time to even learn that. Um, and I, I wish, I wish it were magic. I really do. But I, it can get to a place where it feels like magic. Yeah. But you work for it a little bit. It's one of these things that comes natural, but isn't natural. It was like, I'm thinking about um, my experience trying to breastfeed. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is supposed to be natural. This is supposed to be easy. Why do I need a book? 
Why do I need a specialist? Why do I need a... Totally. And it's yes. exactly like that, where there's so many natural things that as humans we think is just supposed to come naturally that right. we work for. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's such a great example, because with that, I learned with breastfeeding that just because my body had the capacity to breastfeed, it still didn't mean I knew how. Yeah. And... Cause I thought it would work too. I just thought I put my baby to my breast and be like, okay, go. And it wasn't like that at all. It's a nightmare. And <laughs> yeah, yep. And I think people often will say, yeah, when I'm talking to some engaged couples or even older couples, like, well, yeah, we kind of know, we know the basics. We know where it goes. Okay. Just because your body has the capacity doesn't still mean you know how to do this. Mm-hmm. And with your partner, and right. it, and, and it might change. With your partner, <laughs> it might change with a different partner, who has different tastes, Absolutely. different functioning, different preferences, different past, different experience. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's so important. I'm glad you brought that up because we do. There are lots of people who are who have multiple multiple partners or relationships, and just because you thought you had it figured out in the phone relationship, you're starting new with mm-hmm. this new person mm-hmm. and your assumptions need to be checked yeah well thank you so much it's so just so nice to talk to you this is really excellent i'm so glad you agreed to do this and be so generous with your time um thanks so much yeah and if people want to find you where can they find you they can find me at thehealinggroup.com or they can email me directly, alicia at thehealinggroup.com, or find me on Instagram, Alicia Worthington Educator. Also, I have a, I've co-authored a book with um, Kristen Hodson and Tom Harrison called Real Intimacy. You can find that on Amazon. It's designed to get couples talking, kind of the very thing we were talking about today. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And listeners, that was another episode. We hope you join us next time on Sex Therapy 101. Bye-bye.